Hello and welcome back to Tiny Table Talks. We're here every Thursday on Spotify and YouTube, so be sure to check us out. And please follow us on Instagram at the CC Zone. Previously, we went in depth about love for Valentine's Day. But as promised last week, we're doing a complete 180 and discussing true crime for today's episode. True crime is a genre that you either avoid or can't get enough of. And I, for one, can't wait to find out how everyone here feels about it. My name's Ariana, and I am in the room with three people. Hey, well, how's it going? It's Ben, uh, back for another episode of TTT. Good to be back. Let's get into this. Hello, my name is Tashana, and I'm back for my second week of Tiny Table Talk. And hello, I'm Mava, and I'm here since the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, Mava created the heaven and the earth, and TTT. <laughs> So, let's start with the most obvious question. Do you guys enjoy true crime? Why or why not? I'm coming into this series pretty blind, honestly. I am not very familiar with the genre uh, very well. I've seen my very fair share of crime drama uh, movies, uh, documentaries over the years. Uh, but honestly, I've never really put it together into one full genre. It's, it's never been something that's really dug deep into, my, into me before, so... I'm ready to see from sort of an outsider perspective. Honestly, me and true crime, we're not best friends. Because the only true crimes I know are Criminal mm. Minds, Murdoch Mysteries, and Hawaiian Five-O, and Hawaiian 2020. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> 2020 Jump Street? I think it would be called 22 Jump Street, but... <laughs> but no. That is my favorite true crime genre of all time. But no, it's um, the show where it shows true crimes from the year 2000s up until 2019 or even... Up until 2030? Yeah, 2019 because now it's 2020. It's beautiful. You can use it to predict the future crimes. <laughs> yeah, it talks about unsolved murders. I don't oh, know, there's man. another show called Unsolved Murder Cases. Oh. Wow. Completely forgot about that one. But I know not too much about it, so hopefully from today's podcast, I'll be able to gain a better insight and gain... Um, some more knowledge about the genre. Mabel, what about you? Compared to Ben and Tashana, I've always been interested in true crimes because I, I like watching this type of shows on Netflix and also documentaries. And I think people will think I'm really weird, including you guys. I really like watching bloody documentaries slash true crime documentaries. While having dinner. While having dinner? Yeah, and it doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, I can see blood and everything, yes. but I would be, like, interesting. Yeah, nothing like some That's barbecued ribs served, served with a fine side of slaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> stains and blood stains. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ariane? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, you seem to be the expert uh, among this group. Oh, it's embarrassing. I love it. As a kid, I again, I always was looking up historical stuff. That kind of branched back to crime stuff before I even knew true crime was an actual genre. Mm. And then throughout my teens and early university, I'd kind of go through... It's kind of like how I feel about the royal family, actually. I'll go through phases where I don't (laughs) check up on it or read anything about it for months and months and months. Then suddenly for a little while, I just go into a rabbit hole. Recently, it's been a little easier to keep up with true crime just because they're coming out a lot in podcasts. So there's some that I listen to on a weekly basis. So they'll put out a new episode. So I think because of that, I'm a more regular consumer of it now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I I uh, listen to it when I eat as well. Mm-hmm. I've tried listening to it to sleep. 
I don't. Re- I don't recommend. Oh, yeah, no. you don't. Yeah, no, I, um, I imagine the dreams you get out of that would not be very entertaining. No, I can't even sleep. I just remember this one in particular about a girl who'd gone missing and just the, no one ever found any trace of her. They think her ex-boyfriend had something to do with it. And I'm falling asleep, and I wasn't even thinking about it. I just had a long day, and I'm just like closing my eyes, and I just hear it, and he's revealing all the details. Oh. And my eyes just shoot open, and I'm like, "Okay, oh, am I done? <laughs> We're not doing this again." <laughs> No. (laughs) I know you two said you're a little unfamiliar about true crime, but when you do watch, I guess, any crime-related things, do you have any favorite sources you consume it through? And Mava, what are your favorite sources to consume true crime with? Definitely not books. (laughs) I dislike reading. (laughs) Because whenever I read, I I, I fall asleep. Mm. So I would say Netflix. And also those YouTube videos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, like I've I've seen a couple. There's ah, oh, I wish I I'd look this up, but there's like a certain channel that has that that does like the in depth like almost like little mm. mini criminal episodes where they do like full recap of just like any like criminal case in real life. I haven't seen too many episodes, but there was one I got deep into just about the OJ murders, like the OJ Simpson like murder and the trial and everything, because mm-hmm. that was one of those crimes where I was bo- I was born in the late 90s so I like just missed the whole OJ thing to grow up here <laughs> just, yeah, just barely yeah, I was like you know I, I wish I was <laughs> sure I'm sure if I was born what like a, like six or seven years earlier like two or three year old me would have just been like so deep into the OJ trials yeah but it was one of those ones where you, you grow up hearing about it but you have no idea what it is what it actually is and then you watch the 20 minute mm. video and you're like wow I'm like an expert at this stuff now oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of we were talking about dark curiosities that's one of the ones on youtube that i'll listen to sometimes yeah. that might be it actually yeah yeah they do they do it in like those maybe nothing more than usually like 15 minutes or so nothing lower than like seven minutes yeah. those are really cool bite-sized true crime yeah <laughs> like if i feel like a chocolate bar instead of a meal dark <laughs> curiosities but i think my main thing just because it's the easiest is podcast mm-hmm. like the one i listen to the most is definitely case file that's an Australian one, and sometimes they cover other crimes and happenings and murders from around the world. Mm-hmm. It's insane. The narrator tells it in a very factual and detached way almost, which I kind of like because it just it seems more authentic. And then there's another one I listen to called Serial Killers that just talks about serial killers in two installments. So there's always a two-parter. And... The only thing that's kind of iffy about that is they have some good content, but the woman they have on as their psychiatry expert doesn't have a degree or anything. They're just like, she doesn't have a degree, but she just really likes this stuff and does a lot of research on her own. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know, kind of legit, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's an expert. It's it's, it's kind of like Tom Segura. Artist. I think he put it really well, like in, in that kind of like expert term, where it's like, oh yeah, this person is is a doctor in the way that they didn't actually go to school. They pretty much just got a business card and wrote DR period on the front of it. <laughs> and that was, that's what made them a doctor. Oh, is, that, yeah. is that kind of up the alley of them? I mean, yeah, but it sounds, but when she does talk about her stuff, it sounds very well sourced, but then it also reminds me all the things out there these days, especially with true crime branching out into so many different kind of forms of media, they're not all made equally. <laughs> no, they're not. So you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, which I think a lot of my friends who consume true crime, like we all like the fact that once we listen to stuff, we go out and do our own research as well. Mm-hmm. Like it encourages us to do that. I don't think there's a lot of other genres where you're more likely to do research after the fact. 
if that makes sense. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, yeah, it's almost, you almost feel obligated to do it too because mm-hmm. hear the interpretation from whatever uh, documentary or any story that first hear about the crime and you go through it and you think to yourself, oh my God, this is so crazy. This is such a like scary story. And you it, it, it almost always pushes you in a certain direction. Not that it has like a really deep bias, but it just mm-hmm. had... It just, like, puts the facts in such a way that you think you know everything about it. So you think, like, oh, my God, like, I should really uh, double-check all these things. And, like, maybe there's a little bit more to the story. That way I've got a better spectrum of what actually happened with this story. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's true. Like, you don't really feel obligated to do the same thing, like, if you're watching, like, Move On or something like that. Do any of you remember the first time that you ever consumed true crime? For those of us who, you actually sound a little bit more experienced than you think you are. Yeah, actually, I I, I have been thinking a bit more about it. (laughs) I've gotten deep into a couple of the big documentaries on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Not like the like little tidbits, like the big ones. The first one I can think of was, I guess it would have been like freshman year university for me. I got really deep into making a murderer for two or three weeks that would be up the alley of true crime right yes oh god yeah have you guys seen that true making a murder no. <laughs> really you've never seen making a murder i know i keep getting told oh that i'm god. like they're like go See, watch it exactly yeah it was it it's just a really really crazy story because what's kind of funny is that i went into it not really knowing what it was about mm-hmm. and the first episode sort of makes you think that this is going to be like a uh anthology kind of thing where like each episode is about a different story maybe about like a a criminal case that had a lot of twists and turns but then you realize no it's about this one guy named Stephen Avery the first episode is just about this crime that we know he didn't commit Mm -hmm. then the whole rest of it is telling us about this crime that maybe he committed we're not sure but there's a heck of a lot of like bad tie-ins with the case and like how Mm -hmm. it was handled and there could be this whole grand conspiracy behind everything and he couldn't have done it by the end of it, there's still, like, a lot of implications that go all the way up to, like, present mm-hmm. day. Yeah, you realize, like, damn, this story is far from being over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. That's true. Ooh, I don't know much about the Zodiac Killer. What's up with I that? I tried cracking the code. It was so fun. Cracking <laughs> the code? <laughs> yes. That was my favorite part, just cracking that of, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And just, just try to, like, solve everything. He apparently wrote his name. I don't know, like, people say that he was caught, and other people say that he's still running till this day but you know it's been like an old, years he's so. like an old man probably. yeah probably six feet under but i thought that was really interesting would you say that was your like first time going in depth for something like true crime wise there was that and also ted bundy as well yes, <gasps> yes. that's children. the other big one for me what? Oh, I'm, yeah, Albert Fish? Yes. Like, okay. Old school, like way yeah, back. And like, when I first heard about it, I'm like, you know what? There's some people, you know, who eat other people, you know, don't be so judgmental. You know, it could be their culture <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. And I'm, I'm if curious If you want to children, let them do you his know, thing. You know, to be honest though, there is actually like a cult where they mm-hmm. actually do that. It's like on an island and they're perfectly okay with that. So I'm like, you know, don't judge, but I'm, I'm hearing like- Is that where like, you came from? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my gosh, no. No, <laughs> but in all seriousness, when I found out that he just does it for the fun of it, I was really uncomfortable. I was like, wait, what? And he goes into detail how he cooks them. I'm just like, oh, so God. You... you just got like recipe books? I mean, to be honest, there was no recipe book. And I think that, <laughs> I mean, I'll say that was the most disturbing part to me, but it's just like, 
No seasoning, nothing on top of the children. <laughs> you're not even gonna like, go out. And Sorry, no seasoning. You're just like you're yeah, just like, like I can get no, past the idea that you eat children, but the fact that you did not put on a significant amount of paprika is Damn, amateur. Look, amateur. There's no salt. Nothing. No salt. No salt. Is you're still on the seasoning? Sorry. Sorry, because it's just like you say, like he has, he wrote his own words and he cooked them with like carrots and stuff. And he went to detail. I think he has his own book. I don't know. I really don't know. Who would have published this? I don't know. I love know. how you're judging I his cooking know. skills over the fact that he murders. Look, look, look. Maybe because I'm not like shocked that there's lots of murders in this world, but it's just the fact that you're going to go around telling people what? to do this, that this is delicious or whatever. Just... Just human and just carrots, no seasoning, nothing. And it's just like, that part really disturbed me the most. And on top of that, why children? Why not just like, you know, get like pork or like beef? Be normal, but no. So I'm just like, you know what? It's okay. That's why people find me weird. Like really seasoning, that's what got you mad. And I'm like, yeah. Tashana, this whole, this whole spiel <laughs> makes me realize two things. One, I should definitely cook some kind of great meal with you. But two, when we do said meal, I will not be trusting you at all with any sharp objects. See, look, okay, so we just went in depth about someone who may or may not have a seasoning cabinet at home, but <laughs> do we think, <laughs> do we think that kind of consuming true crime, like, on the level that we are and going in depth with it the way that we clearly do, do you think it makes us a little bit more paranoid in our daily lives? I mean, when I watch, like, true crimes and you see people who get away with murder and people who don't, it's like, see, you would have gotten away with murder if you did A, B, and C. I feel like that's horrible. But, like, no, I, I think it's the other way around, actually, is yeah. that, um, let's be honest, like, there's, there's one... In, the, in this vast world we live in where everyone's different, everyone has their own opinions, we all have this one lovely thing in common, which is that we are all alive at this very moment. Mm -hmm. And murder is not usually a thing any of us are really seeking out these days. We don't right? want to get murdered, we don't want to die. Whenever we hear stories about the people who have committed it, the people who have gone deep into that horrifying world, mm -hmm. it's always intriguing to us not to really emulate them or match their behavior in any sense, but at least sort of know who they are, know exactly what brought them to that point, know exactly, like, what to look out for, because mm -hmm. it, it can even, like, give us a slightly better sense of what someone who is capable of doing that, what they're like, uh, how they did it, uh, and then I think it, it just allows us to move forward in the world with a little bit of a better perspective. Do you find that any of you, like, say, for example, for me personally, I realized I was listening to too much true crime at one point when I'd be <laughs> walking home at night from school... And I'd hear, like, the wind rustle or, like, something. And I'd be like, oh, like, I'd look back. And then <laughs> there may have been, like, two or three occasions where I'd run the rest of the way home type of situation. I can be a little bit easily more frightened. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, do you ever feel that in any way? I've never really gotten to the point where I've watched too much true crime. But I tell you what, like, what would definitely be, like, my red flag for me. And I could see this happen to me very easily where, uh, like, I've watched too much true crime and it just gets to the point where, like, I enter a crowded room and then just look over at this one guy and be like, yeah, probably stab the guy first. Uh, <laughs> then probably, then, you know, like, throw him in my trunk, go about, bury him in the woods, spread out the, you know, spread out the body in a couple different places and then come back and tell the You're cops I was at my friend Joey's house, you know? <laughs> yeah, it'd be like that. That would be the point where I'm like, okay, I should probably switch over, maybe like watch a sitcom or something. See, this is where you get everything wrong. You need a meat grinder and you need to like, See, this is. Is this from experience? Oh, no, no, definitely. No, not. no, not in the definitely slightest. Wink, from, wink, from nudge, nudge. Show. Definitely from the shows, you know. <laughs> definitely. 
But like you see, this is how you know you watch too much because you hear other people plan out the marriage. Like, see, this is where you do wrong. You need gloves yeah. and everything. You just went. Yeah, wipe down the prince, dude. David, what about you? <laughs> do you either feel more yeah. paranoid or do you feel like you've acquired some skills <laughs> listening to this? Okay, so first of all, I've never thought about murdering someone. Ever. Me neither. Never. Neither. Right. You have right. so much in common. <laughs> but after watching the Ted Bundy movie on mm-hmm. Netflix called... Oh, wait, um, the documentary or the one with Zac Efron? The movie okay. with Zac Efron. With Zac Efron? Oh, I've got stuff to say about that, but go. I've began to be really suspicious about right, everyone yeah. around me. <laughs> and, I was, and I was thinking, huh, <laughs> is this friend a serial killer? But I don't know. Probably. Probably not. Who who at the table right now are you most thinking that about? I mean, Tashana. <laughs> the only concern that she had was about seeing money. Yeah. <laughs> and then the meat grinder thing didn't really help. Yeah, that out. Yeah. <laughs> we need to search your bag, Tashana. Should, should we walk in pairs when we're leaving at the same time as you? Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Can we can we talk about Ted Bundy for a second? Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, because I watched. And I'm not even gonna like try and lie about it because I I love Zach Efron. Mm-hmm. I love him. I adore him. I want to give him a big hug. Zach, if you're listening, please call me up. Answer my many many emails, please. We get we gotta hang out. We gotta get a smoothie. Check I mean, anyway, <laughs> no. But Zach Efron. Then I heard he's playing like he's honestly he, he's one of those people who you know you think he might just be eye candy and will be in Hollywood for a little while, but he actually did, did a pretty good job and branched out of it. And the second I saw he's gonna be Ted Bundy, I'm like I gotta get into this. Because it's either going to be, no matter what, it's going to be very entertaining. Uh, so I went in, watched the documentary first. Mm. So I got a feel for like the story behind it. I got a feel for what Ted Bundy was like. Because beforehand, I was going in blind, didn't know anything about it. And honestly, it was just it was just a really, I don't want to say compelling story about a murderer, but it was it was just a unique story about a murderer because mm. the thing that they brought up the most in the documentary itself was the fact that people almost like the sense that they can identify a murderer. There's certain traits to, like, all murderers, killers, psychos, sociopaths, that, like, they're going to be, like, those outcasts. They're going to be those Joaquin Phoenix's Joker types, Mm. the loner, crazy dude who's, Mm -hmm. like, laughing maniacally on the bus and you scoop three seats down when you hear him. But Ted Bundy wasn't anything like that. He was very charming. He was very good looking. He was very, in many ways, successful. To so much so that to the point, while his trial was going on, he still had like a fan base of mm. people, mostly women, coming <laughs> along saying like, "Oh my God, Ted Bundy is my dream boy." But, oh. I've, but, I, but I've heard that most psychopaths and serial killers they look classy they look, on the outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They look charming, and they don't look. They Creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, 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 they spent a few afternoons at J.C. Penny before they mm-hmm. uh, went to the slaughterhouse. Yeah. yeah. Okay, not to like get off topic, but like, why is it that a lot of murderers they're <laughs> handsome and I'm just like, you just threw all of that away for what? Now she's thinking that murderers are. Handsome. No, 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 no. <laughs> Look, like, like in general, like it's kind of. Which murderers have you had crushes on, Tashara? <laughs> I want a list. I want a list. Oh, so there is a list. There is a list. There is a list. But if you like Google like murderers and you like you honestly you look at Google murderers. I'm being so serious. You Google murderers. You'll see in the images or like top serial killers. Not all of them are like. Where? 
un, not a, unattractive. Like you can list like <laughs> you can list like one. Okay. I'm not saying like there's there's like a few that are good looking. Okay, I'll, I'll all right, I'm up. looking. All right, I I got like a gigantic like subset of of murderers on my list right now, and all I'm saying is that if I'm doing if I'm like seeing all these faces on Tinder, it is swipe left all okay, across no, the board. All right, that's knows. all I'm saying. I don't think your theory is really standing up right now. Richard Ramirez, he's terrifying. Oh my god, he looks like your he looks like your friend's like weirder older brother. Really. Wait, wait, ben, Okay, Richard ben. Ramirez no. is the second Night Stalker. He was satanic and he raped and killed a ton of people. I'm not justifying that. And person. he's a 6 out of 10 at best. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank hey, you. I'm not agreeing with you, okay? <laughs> a 6 isn't good, okay? A 6 is like Elijah Wood, maybe, at best. Oh, that's insulting right. to hey, Elijah Wood. Elijah oh, Wood yeah. is a fantastic actor and I would love to grab a beer with him. Again, Elijah. You, you're another person who has to respond to my emails, okay? Honestly. All right? Dude, 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 Elijah. But, see Zach Efron. Of all this, yeah. I got, like, forwarded to him. This is my last one. Oh, no. We're looking at more. This that's Ted Bundy. Yeah. That's Ted Bundy. You're literally... That's my whole point, Tishana. Ted Bundy was the standout. I'm sorry. I, I, sorry. I just wanted to finish the last thing. Is that, again, what... What I'm saying is a lot of people liked the idea of the you know the the, the othering of of murders and serial killers oh, yeah, that like crazy. oh if we if we can uh, if we can identify them if we can sort of understand what they're like they're at least easier to catch they're at least easier to quantify and uh, push and like label. shove off yeah, yeah label yeah. and push off to the side but Ted Bundy completely overthrew all of that mm-hmm. he was by all means should have been a really strong, grand member of society. And yet, he spent his weekends and his afternoons going out, hunting down women, and murdering them. And he also have a girlfriend, Even the still? judge was saying that. Even the judge? I know! Oh. Yeah, have you seen, like, the clip of that? Like, he's he had this great, this crazy line at the end where he's like, take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean that sincerely. You're a good kid. Uh, what? You're a, an aspiring law student. I would have loved to have seen yeah. you practice law in front of me one day, but you made a different choice, partner. And like, oh, it shudders. It makes you think, like, yeah. gee, like, damn. Like, really like anyone can take that really rough path. I it's so weird though, because even with Ted Bundy, like, personally, I didn't think he was that good looking. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm apparently in the minority on this. Yeah. Oh, but, no, he's he's Zac Ef- Efron. Worthy. But he's not. What? I'm saying like he's at the level of Zac Efron. Maybe I wouldn't put it. He's there. higher than Elijah Wood. No, jo- maybe. If, I, if I had to choose between Elijah Wood and Ted Bundy, like I look so You know who should have Ted. played Ted Bundy? Joseph Gilgan. Like a like well, 100%. Who's Joseph Gilgan? No, Joseph Gilgan. I think that's his name. He was. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> no, I just. I think he. I think it would have been him. He looks more like Ted Bundy, honestly. Gilgan. I'm pretty sure that's his name. No, I don't see it. Okay, even just even just going in on Ted Bundy like this, what do we think of the fact that true crime can lead to these obsessions with serial killers, or even just the romanticization of some of them? Because even Richard Ramirez kept he, a lot of them get married in prison. They get letters still, even though people know that they fully did all these terrible things. I, don't know, I think people like to live that fantasy life where mm. it's like a hint of danger because it gives them a boost. Of like enthusiasm in their everyday life, maybe they like live their life like as a boring human, so they want some adventure. And I feel like that's very toxic, and you should yeah. not 
fall in love with like hey, murderers or anything. Hey, I'm just gonna give like a quick like little shout out to about like how the world works is that I am in no way con- condoning murderers, and I definitely think that they if you've murdered, you should be in jail for the rest of your life. But there's still going to be more intriguing characters than, say, just the guy who works at the grocery store from nine to five Monday to Friday. You're, you're gonna, you could probably start up a pretty, a more interesting conversation with the murderer than the grocery store dude. Do you, any of you have? Because um, I know now we've kind of ended up centralizing into serial killers and murders, but just overall <laughs> with true crime, do we? You could even say if you have. <laughs> I feel like you would. I feel like if anyone has either like a favorite killer or a favorite case or just anything, I guess that's a really. I'm John. I'm not trying to phrase this in poor taste, but I guess is there any one that you might just remember because of the way it affected you or made you go, "Wow, that's pretty insane that this happened in real life." I love fish. <laughs> yeah. And Jack the Ripper. And Jack the Ripper. And probably the Zodiac Killer. Those are my top three. Like, yeah. I actually I went on the Jack the Ripper walk when I was in England a uh, few years back because they do that. Some, like they they have like a whole walk because he literally just committed the crimes in like this one kind of cluster or one district, I guess. So you go to the like locations where each body was found. I would be scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they do it at night. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in a group and then there's just like some nerdy historian with you, so it's pretty chill. <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah. It was messed up. And I, 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 I'd, I'd probably just go on a Love Actually tour. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a more fun afternoon. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess with the Jack the Ripper one, though, because I think, because you were you're referring to a lot of older ones, and mm-hmm. I feel like, and I, and I, and I agree with you if this is the case, but there's definitely a lot more distance between mm-hmm. then and now. Like, mm-hmm. that can't touch you in any way. You can just look at the documents, read any sources or adaptations, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really affect you. Mm-hmm. And most of the people who are affected are either, you know, very, very old or dead. Mm-hmm. Do you think that kind of plays a part in that? Or would you want to read about something that's happened more recently, maybe? Or? Yeah. I mean, well, if we think about the most recent murders, like serial killers, then I probably would not know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For all my information are in the past, mm-hmm. historical events, mm-hmm. not present or current. Yeah. Oh, I have I, I, I have a somewhat true crime thing that I'd I'd love to open up to discussion. Mm-hmm. Is obviously it's a little bit of a little bit true crime back, background, but of course there's yeah. a big spin of it on it. Who here has seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And yeah, what did what what did you think of the the sort of spin on the true crime story that they were uh, basing the story off of? Oh, that was cathartic as heck. I was <laughs> so happy. Yeah, I went into it not knowing anything about mm-hmm. the Charles Manson murders. And by the way, I do not recommend watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like that because you have you are so confused for most of it. You're like, what's Margot Robbie doing? She's she's just like an actress girl. Okay, okay. And, oh, there's just people. At the end. Oh, Brad Pitt killed him. Okay, whatever. This movie's over. That was fun. So like, when I first watched it, I was like, "This is a dumb. This is kind of a dumb movie. I don't get it." Uh, and then you go and like read up on everything afterwards, and you're like, "Whoa, did whoa, Quentin Tarantino just changed history, and it was beautiful." Oh yeah. What's kind of funny is that um, whenever I like watch reviews of the movie and like how it ended and of course like when they put the uh, murders in context and they sort of like look at the happy ending that the movie had everyone like the reactions were pretty much always the same and I would agree with it which is they're excited but it's also just a somber feeling for it because Mm -hmm. you think to yourself oh this is fantastic like uh, in this iteration Sharon Tate and her friends like don't die and the Manson family don't really 
become a really big influencer or anything. But then you realize, like, oh, this is a fun uh, fantasy, this is a fun fairy tale. Unfortunately, those events really did still happen in real life. Mm -hmm. We still have to live with that. And it almost multiplies the, the, the shame and the, and the sorrow that you have about uh, the murders themselves. I don't know what, I don't know what uh, the exact feelings that came out of me when, when you put everything into context and you see that happy ending, but it's just, you think to yourself, why did this have to happen? Mm -hmm. why, why on earth did they spend so much time and just effort into ending people's lives and just causing so much harm, so mm -hmm. much oh, effect on the culture? <laughs> but, oh my gosh. I think for me personally, one of the things, because I was telling Mava about this this morning, and she was looking it up with Harveen, one of our other co-interns, but... This one, it didn't even end in a murder. It just more so creeped me out because murders are, murders are sad and murders are terrible and they shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. But to some degree, most of the time, there's a, there's closure to it because you know what happened. Luckily, a lot of the times, we have the resources now to figure out who committed the crimes and bring them to justice. But the true crimes that usually sit with me the most are the disappearances. Yeah, those yeah. Are, those are, yeah, they're super. Those are just unsatisfactory by nature. Yeah, and it just—it's just, just kind of like anything could have happened. Like, and you yeah. just kind of go into the darkest spots of your imagination trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things I heard, and I think I heard this on the Case File podcast, was this lady named Amy Lynn Bradley. She was 23 years old, went on a cruise with her family, and shortly after, she was supposed to be like living on her own. She'd gotten a puppy. Like she was setting up for life outside of school and everything like that. She goes on this cruise and then she disappears in the middle of the cruise and is never heard from again. And the leading theory is that she's still alive, but she's been abducted into sex trafficking. Where are her parents? Weren't they on the cruise with them? They were. There was there was a whole thing of um, there was a dance club at the cruise, so her and her brother were there. And then they saw her striking up conversation with someone who was in the band, and they seemed very friendly. And the last time she was seen on the cruise was around like five in the morning, and she had a drink in her hand. So there's even theories as to how could she have been smuggled out of this cruise ship, right? Damn. Yeah. Because that one freaks me out because, I mean, as much as I love researching and, like, answers and everything, like, things with the questions are what, oh, God, that gets me going, but also freaks me out the most. Where on earth is Liam Neeson when you need it? <laughs> <laughs> right? What about you, Mabel? skills. Um, one case that really caught my interest this past few years is the case of Eliza Lam. She's actually from Br British Columbia, but she visited LA. She stayed in a hotel. Mm -hmm. And apparently this hotel is known as the place where a lot of serial killers were found dead there. Mm -hmm. And her case really intrigued me because apparently she had this bipolar um, disorder and had depression too. But she was found dead in this really huge water tank, tank yeah. yeah, on the roof. Yeah. But it's really, the those tanks are really tall. And the police, they had to cut the tank in half in order to pull out her body out of the tank. So there's no way she could have climbed by herself and just opened the, the lid because it was really difficult to open it. But then the last footage that we had about her, it mm -hmm. was in the elevator. And yeah. she was pushing random buttons, but for some reason, the, the doors were, were not closing. closing. What? Yeah. Yeah, it looked like I she was, was talking to someone. Yeah, I must yeah. have seen that video, I think, like where it was like she was 
yeah, she was like pressing buttons mm. and she was sort of like moving around a whole yeah. lot and dancing mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. And then that was the last we ever saw of her. Yeah, and the thing is that they didn't, the police didn't make a complete toxicology report and they just assumed that she that she passed away by drowning. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there's a lot of theories going on that she was probably already dead, tormented yeah. by ghosts. Mm-hmm. Or even she was killed by the government because she knew some information by um, from the Pentagon or mm-hmm. something like this. Uh-huh. Or she was on drugs, but the result showed that she she was not on drugs. Mm-hmm. And she committed suicide. It's really blurry, like yeah. what happened to her. Because mm-hmm. apparently the first week or a few days after the police started looking for her body, they couldn't find her. Even the dogs couldn't find her. Yeah, of course. And the, um, the guests who were staying at the hotel, they noticed that the water from the taps were turning black. Oh. And they were drinking from yeah. it. And oh, it tasted Jesus. weird. No amount of mouthwash can ever take that away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they found her um, almost... A month after, mm-hmm. when they started to see the, the water. Yeah, from yeah, you check that. Yeah. Usually, I'm not a big fan of uh, bottled water, but mm-hmm. that is one of those stories that makes me go like, oh, I might want to have a little bit more of that. Oh yeah, God. and one theory is saying that her death was inspired by a mo- horror movie called Dark Water, mm-hmm. where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the mom is called Dahlia and the daughter is called Cecilia, which is like the Black Dahlia and the Cecile Hotel, where the she passed away. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but yeah. Also, the Black Dahlia murder was Mm. it was also just something that was very yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember that was one of the older ones that really Mm. like that really affected me thinking about it, especially Mm. I think. That one had pictures, too. Yeah. I mean, with the Elisa Lamb thing, too, it's funny how... Well, no, it's not funny. I guess the correct would be it's strange that there's so much information available and yet mm-hmm. technically not enough to actually put together, like, a, a, a proper theory. Yeah. Not, it doesn't make it any less mysterious. Mm-hmm. The fact that we have video footage. <sighs> so this brings me up to a question. Do you believe that um, supernatural things can be a part of true crime? No. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I wish we lived in the world of the X Files, but I don't think we do. Um, I think for true crime, because it's mainly. I get how, in regards to certain mysteries, there can be things like with the Lisa Lamb and everything, but with, I mean, with true crime, most of the time, it's usually things that there's always there's always some sort of answer, some sort of explanation. And then, yeah, you can patch it together with theory and all that. So I guess it's it's different from it's different from horror where you can kind of use the supernatural to connect the dots and everything. But I think true crime is, when it tries, it, it's a little more rational, if yeah. that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> so does anyone here actually prefer fictional stories over true crime? Now that we're kind of um, talking about that. No? no? Um, 
I don't know. I think that opens up to a whole lot more, a whole mm-hmm. lot of more possibilities. But honestly, it's like with almost any like tr- like based on a true story uh, mm-hmm. type situation. I think the fact that it's grounded in real events mm-hmm. honestly makes just the whole, not the spectacle of it, but just the story plot itself mm-hmm. always more intriguing. More, it feels more important. The, the fact that we sit down, we take a little bit of time to understand what just happened. A little bit more than fictional stories, because that that obviously allows you to open up to anything your heart so truly desires. But if it's not grounded in anywhere as much reality, it just doesn't mm. quite feel as the same. Mm. Sorry, you know what that kind of reminded me of. Because <laughs> I was looking up stuff right before we were doing the podcast, and I don't know how I'd never heard of this one. It's very real, but it just sounds like something that would be a fiction. Mm. In Japan, they they apparently used to have very lax rules about murder because it happened very infrequently. Oh, wow. So yeah. if you did commit a murder, if you weren't caught or prosecuted for it 15 years after the event, then they couldn't try you. Really? You were free to walk. Wow. So people knew about this rule and there was an awareness of this rule. And there was this woman named Fukuda Kazuko. And she, I don't remember if she killed more than one person or just one person. And she ended up on the run because she knew she knew that as long as she beat that 15 year <laughs> time limit, then she could she was free to walk. Yeah, that's so, it's stuff like that that makes you realize you gotta you gotta change the the, the laws in the constitution. But to stay it's, on the run, yeah. she kept she kept doing uh she kept going under the knife and changing up her face. Oh so no. She, <laughs> Until she ended up getting caught. So she was actually known as the woman with the seven faces. Oh, wow. That's a really cool nickname, though. I, I am not I'm not a fan of her, but that sounds like... Mm-hmm. like I want to steal that name and use it as like the title for some kind of like Western movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about the story of Veronica on Netflix based on true stories? It's about this girl from 1991... Can't pronounce her name, but she mysteriously dies after she uses an, uh, uses an Ouija board. And honestly, if you just search up like Veronica 2017 Spanish film Netflix, mm-hmm. you can find so much information. I know after watching that, I did a bunch of research, and it actually showed like, the real footage, like pictures and stuff about what happened in her house and how her parents were like greatly affected by, and that after she died, they were being haunted. I think she ended up killing herself, or she killed someone else in the process. And basically, after she used the Ouija board, something was after her soul, so, yeah. What? Yeah. If you literally Google, like, Veronica, mm-hmm. Netflix, that show. Yeah, the movie was on my list, but it kind of... Oh, sorry for spoiling. No, no, it's okay. I haven't seen it yet. And, like, I'm cool. Like, I'll, I'll watch it regardless. Mm-hmm. But what that kind of reminds me of, because I didn't know, like, the full context of it. I didn't know it was based off a true story. Mm-hmm. But... I listen to some of the true crimes that I've heard covered usually have to do with exorcisms. Mm-hmm. And then those, to a degree, like a lot of people do believe it's tied to either like the supernatural or religion. Mm-hmm. But then um, most of the time when they're kind of processed in court, like it turns into a thing about like neglect over someone who maybe was just suffering from the effects of like a mental illness or any, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the original, the original woman who... Um, who the exorcist uh, movies were based off of. She was like this German girl and she was from all accounts. It looked like she was going through a legitimate mental illness, but her parents thought she was being possessed and they made her do all these exorcisms and they ended up starving her kind of thing. 
So I yeah, it was really it was it was more sad than freaky. Those are the ones I hate listening to in yeah. terms of you and know, sometimes it's just like a lack of information. Yeah, that's like, the kind of thing that tells beliefs. you like you can't you can't yeah. trust too much in the idea that like oh this paranormal thing is mm-hmm. like taking over because you can cause actual harm if yeah. you go too in in depth with it instead of actually trying to find the help that you need. Did you see any kind of did you see any when you were reading up on the Veronica story, like did you see any links where you could have been like, mm, maybe if it wasn't a paranormal thing it could have been this or did you really fully movie, feel like, like in the movie at the end which scared me I couldn't sleep three days, they show like the actual like footage and the pictures mm-hmm. of like the actual house and everything and I was like mm-hmm. oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Slept with the Bible. I'm <laughs> next <laughs> Right? Yeah. That's how scary it was and I was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. No, no. Do you yeah. think? Well, do you think in kind of incidences like that, because you have a lot of people who are affected by it. Obviously, I kid you not. That's so scary. I can't. Sorry, face. I gotta sleep with the Bible three more nights. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you just see like a really like scary picture? No, it's just like she has like. Okay, like we just googled her face, right? Oh. And, I... like, <laughs> and like it's real. This is her. Oh, honestly, so that's like, not that bad. She's just like a normal person. Right, but she played with the Ouija board, mm-hmm. and you don't know where her soul is, so it's like, oh my god. And the fact that her parents did an interview, mm-hmm. like a live interview, talking about, you know, we felt like we were being haunted, so they had to hire, like, priests and exorcism to, like, bless mm-hmm. everything around them mm-hmm. for, like, everything to just stop. As you can see from that, it affects a lot of, it affects a lot of people. Like, obviously, we as consumers will read it, and... You know, we we use it to kind of like titulate ourselves and like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this happened. But then there's actual people who've experienced these events or were directly affected because mm-hmm. they knew the people experienced by it. Do you think that, do any of you think that true crime can kind of be harmful in that way in terms of the way it's sensationalized? I can pretty much see how it can get out of hand. Obviously, like almost any medium, uh, true crime can have a lot of positive effects and negative effects. Mm-hmm. But I think generally speaking, knowing the stories of all these tragedies of all these real life crimes of all these uh, incidences, I still feel are are, are very important mm-hmm. beyond any measure for people to know, for people to follow, for people to understand. Not glorify to understand. Yeah. There's an awareness, it's, right? Yeah, it's yeah. important to know what happens because it's, it's it's far better to move forward with pain and understanding than just with sheer ignorance because with uh the with the latter uh, you're just setting yourself up for uh the tragedy to reoccur over and over and over again mm-hmm. but at the very least if you understand the pain and harm that's been caused in the past you can at least do everything you can every day to move forward and try to keep those horrible those horrible crimes from happening again mm-hmm. yeah, that's true it's even even i guess sometimes it's a double-edged sword, though, because I think in the, in best-case scenarios, like you said, like it can bring awareness, and also if there's a case where something's happening, it can bring a lot of exposure, yeah. and like things can be solved faster. But then, yeah, at its worst, you can have people who are giving like fake leads or like sending letters mm-hmm. and like a lot of stuff. At the end, though, it's true. Whatever, what doesn't kill you makes you makes you stronger, kind of thing. Where <laughs> when you when Dark. you <laughs> no, like when you if you if you can understand like pain and harm that's been caused in the past and still move forward with it, mm-hmm. then uh, that just makes you stronger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up this week's discussion on true crime. I hope you learned a thing or two. Maybe you're, maybe you're inspired to look up some new cases. Some new, maybe. Co- some new cooking re- recipes. Yeah, some mm-hmm. new cooking recipes. <laughs> 
And also, too, we want to hear what you think. If you have any opinions on the episode, if you also are a believer of the way the supernatural can factor into true crime or not, or if you do want to share cooking recipes, then you can always comment on our page on YouTube or even on our Instagram page in the CC Zone. So don't forget to follow us there and on Spotify. And thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we'll be discussing horror, so... There might be a little bit of a, a blend. It won't be too different from this week's discussion. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know what? We'll definitely be bringing up more supernatural stuff then. So I'm excited to kind of continue that conversation. So, yeah, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta get a theremin in here for it. Yeah, true. Garage <laughs> band. <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.